Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. Amar Kumar is an education entrepreneur who is passionate about making learning more personal, more social, and more engaging. He is the founder of KaiPod Learning, which helps teachers start their own micro schools. In his past experience, Amar was a high school math teacher and a principal at a high-needs rural school in India. Welcome, Amar. So glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I always start off with the same gigantic question when I start interviews, which is really tell me about your professional journey. Thanks for uh, thanks for asking. And yeah, it is a gigantic question. I didn't start off as an educator, even though most of my you know adult life and even into like high school and college, I always loved teaching and tutoring. I didn't start off that way. I actually started off as a computer scientist and worked in that field for a number of years. But there was something just this itch in the back of my back of my brain that said I got to do something different. I got to teach. And I think it was something in my mid-20s where I said, okay, I can't do this computer science thing anymore. Like, I got to actually get in front of kids and teach them. But I didn't have any qualifications or any certifications. So I found a different way to teach, which is as a volunteer in a classroom in India. And it was a a school of – it was a school run by a nonprofit with kids from local villages and orphanage. And these really sort of kids who had struggled in life and their families had struggled in life. This is this nonprofit had created a school for them. And they were looking for volunteers to help teach. And I said, I raised my hand. And I said, I want to come to India. So I moved to teach them. Um, and I was in my mid-20s. So I had a lot of flexibility. And I started off teaching high school math. As a first-time teacher, I faced all the things that first-time teachers face of, oh, my goodness, like, how am I going to create a lesson plan every single day? And I knew what the curriculum was. And I had books and content. But, like, I had to create the lesson plan. And then I figured that out. And then I faced what I think was, for me, the hardest part of teaching which is, you know, I had 35 students in my class and they faced this, they had this incredible range of skill sets in the subject that I'm teaching, right? So it's high school math. So I had kids who were probably in the 10th percentile who, you know, couldn't even add two digit numbers together. And they're in high school geometry. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I had kids who were in the 99th percentile who were ready for college level math, but they were sitting learning the Pythagorean theorem. And I only have one voice, one lesson plan a day, and I have to somehow reach all of the kids in that spectrum. And this is something that probably will resonate with every single teacher. This is probably the hardest part of teaching. For me, it wasn't all the extra work. It wasn't all the other duties. It was every day I just felt like I wasn't reaching the kids. And so I became the school principal uh, eventually. And then in that role, I started to sort of more personally deliver learning through small groups. Uh, I would pull kids out of the the daily lesson. I would give them a preview for the next day, et cetera. So I did all this small group stuff, which all helped, right? All of it sort of, you know, on the margins helped kids improve. But the core job that I was being asked to do, I felt was broken. And so I said, okay, teaching is not right for me. So I got to do something else. And so I then did a bunch of other work in education that eventually, you know, fast forward, it led me to work for an online learning company where teachers would create content and lesson plans in all the different subjects, but the delivery of that would be done online. And so students could then 
watch a video at their own pace. They could move faster through the content, whether it was a video or a self-paced exercise. They could submit homework when they were ready, or they could take a little extra time with it. And so basically, it was like sort of regular teaching and learning, but we released the constraints of everyone doing the same thing at the same time. And of course, all of these wonderful things started to happen where kids who were accelerated and gifted were making two to three semesters of progress in one year. Kids who were struggling or remedial, or we would have called them remedial, were actually starting to catch up at their own pace rather than falling further and further behind. And everyone else in between said, I love working at my own pace. I love choosing my adventure. But then, of course, then the pandemic hit and everyone realized some of the challenges of online learning, which are lack of social opportunities that are consistent. The parents have to play a very active role in supporting these online learners, et cetera. And so that's where this idea for Kaipod, which is the company I founded, came about, which is what if you could pair the, the learning experience of an online school with all the wonderful social experiences of an in-person school? So we create these small micro schools or small learning pods where students are on their own academic pathway in any curriculum of their choice, moving at whatever pace is right for them. But they're sitting together in a room with a learning coach, providing them all those just-in-time supports that they need. So that's what brings me to today. Yes, I love that so much. And I identify with so many parts of your story. I think as a teacher, I also, I taught kindergarten, but it was the same deal. You know, sometimes kids came in really never seeing the alphabet before and other kids came in reading novels. Mm. And I think some of the internal frustration that I found as a teacher was just knowing that all of the kids in my classroom needed this personalized support and also knowing that as one person, I couldn't give them all the things that they needed. So I appreciate kind of your opening up that question of like, what does personalized learning really look like? And also the flip side of the limitations of it, of like, yes, the social part and the school experience also has value. So I think it's really interesting putting those both together into these micro schools. So can you tell us a little bit about how Kaipod Learning works? Yeah, happy to. So there's a couple of things that are unique about us. Essentially, we run a network of these learning centers across the country. And so when a family finds out about us or is interested in learning more, the first question we sort of navigate with them is, what is the right curriculum or learning experience for your child? And that can involve things like, you know, are you interested in a college and career pathway? Are you interested in some other passions for the child? Are they more self-paced or they, do they require more executive functioning support? So we ask them a lot of questions that help us understand, okay, let's pick the right curriculum for your kid. And that curriculum could be an online school. It could be workbooks. It could be something that's a hybrid of the two. But that's the first thing that families pick with us is the curriculum for the child. And that's part of goal setting. And the second thing we say, okay, we invite them into a Kaipod Learning Center. So then the child sort of brings that laptop or that workbook with them into that learning center every day. And then they start to sort of integrate with the rest of the pod. And so the pod could be 10 to 12 kids supported by a learning coach. And these learning coaches are all classroom teachers, former classroom teachers, who said, you know, the thing I loved about teaching was being with kids. It wasn't lesson planning. It wasn't homeworks or tests. It was being with kids and helping them sort of understand the right next thing for them and providing them those social and emotional supports for the kids. So we look for educators for whom that is their core passion, and we invite them to become learning coaches. 
And so then the learning coach says to the child who's just joined, okay, like, you know, today you're going to start lesson one of your new online curriculum. Let's set a goal for the day. Let's have you start working independently. And that learning coach is starting to build that child's skills, that child's executive functioning skills, their understanding and mastery of their own content, eventually getting to the point where the child directs their own day and they're, they're kind of on their own pathway. And then, of course, throughout the day, these kids aren't on computers all day, right? Like the, the, the academic part is only about two to three hours of the day. The rest of the day is lots of enrichment activities, social time, board game time, outdoors time, self-directed project time, right? So it feels like a full school day where you're doing academics and you're very engaged in the things that kind of drive passion for kids. So that's what Kaipod does. These, that's what a Kaipod learning environment or micro school looks like. Yeah, so interesting. I mean, I think that seems really fun as a kid to be able to have both the academic freedom and agency and also the social support and community that goes along with learning. I'm curious a little bit just from my like love of curriculum of the curriculum behind like what are kids working on? Mm -hmm. Is that something that is created by Kaipod or is it self-direct? You know, do students have some freedom to bring things in? How does that work? Yeah, we don't we're, we're, we're very clear that we don't want to create our own curriculum. Because one, I believe that there is a lot of great high quality content already out there and it's continuing to get better by people who really care about that. And then number two, I very much believe in family and student choice and agency when it comes to curriculum. And if I built my own, then there would be sort of a pressure to use my curriculum. And so by not creating our own curriculum, we're intentionally saying to families, we value your ability to choose. And we have lots of options. We have lots of opinions on what works well, what doesn't work well. We give recommendations, but ultimately the family decides what's right. And there's a lot of uh, public online curriculum available. There's lots of private options available. There are fully sort of curriculum in a box options available. There are some that are more uh, a la carte options that families can pick. A lot of families actually like creating it on their own. Like, you know, we have some families in our network, like, for example, one who's a history professor so at, at a university. So she actually wants to create the history curriculum for her child. And like, she's like, I can do it better than anyone else. Great. <laughs> so we love that flexibility and agency for the family. And we have seen that allowing them to pick actually increases the student's buy-in on the learning. It's not because some, some faceless bureaucrat somewhere decided what they're going to learn. It's that child and their family decided and that has really helped increase students' engagement and motivation. Yeah, so interesting. I mean, I can imagine that because also it's like so limited. Any type of curriculum, and I say this as a curriculum developer, you know, is limited in the scope, uh, you know, and in what kids will connect with and all the things. So I think giving the freedom from the beginning and giving lots of options is a really interesting model and allows all the different interests and strengths and areas of growth to be kind of captured along that spectrum. Exactly. There's no one perfect curriculum, right? And no. there certainly there's no one perfect curriculum for every child. I think that's not controversial. But even for any one child, no one curriculum will meet all of their needs. So we should be open to more of an a la carte op approach and more pluralism in this space. And I think Kaipod is really leaning into that, that model. Yeah, interesting. So tell me a little bit just about the creation of Kaipod. I'm sure that, you know, where it is now is not necessarily where it started in your brain and kind of how it's evolved over time. I think initially in my brain, it was going to be a full replacement for all learning for every kid. And then, of course, within like 30 seconds, I realized, 
<laughs> no, of course, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create something that's right for a certain segment of kids. And no one should try to claim that they're building something that's right for everyone. You know, when I started Kaipot, I interviewed probably 200 families about their education pathways, what they chose, why they chose it, whether they made it as an active choice or they kind of just stumbled into it because of the neighborhood they lived in or what their neighbor once told them, right? I learned a lot about how families make decisions on schools or sometimes don't make decisions and just stumble into something. And then I use that to design this model. And what the model looks like today is not too dissimilar from where we started with one very big addition to it. And that addition is we started to realize that we could never meet the demand for this type of learning model nationally ourselves. Because we started to see tens of thousands of families hitting our website from lots of different states and saying, hey, like we love this idea. We want more. We want a kaipod in this part of Minnesota or this part of California or this part of Florida. And I just, there's no way I could have built that fast enough or maintained quality. And so we just launched this program this year called Kaipod Catalyst. And I'd love to share more about that. And the idea behind Catalyst is Kaipod doesn't have to be the company that's creating these new learning environments. Educators who are from that community, who are passionate about learning in their own community, can actually create them. And they are actually much better equipped to create them than Kaipod is. And so what we're doing with Catalyst is running an accelerator or an incubator to help any educator start their own micro school. And crucially, it doesn't have to look and feel like Kaipod. You don't have to call it. You actually cannot call it Kaipod. It's your own vision, your own dream. You're in the driver's seat. As I mentioned before, we have lots of opinions on what works, and we will happily share all those opinions with you, but we don't dictate anything. It's your vision. And so through that accelerator program, we help you take what is sort of a germ of an idea in your brain and help you incubate it and develop it into a real-life microschool by next year. Microschools are so wonderful and unique because they can start with very little capital. They can start with very little time, like heads up. You can start it within three to four months. And they require one passion educator with 10 to 12 kids. And so if you can find 10 to 12 kids join your microschool, you can actually earn a better income for yourself control your the way you show up as a teacher and have much greater impact on students. And we feel really good about this. So we ran one cohort of this program, like a pilot cohort, this earlier this year, and we helped 10 people start brand new micro schools this year. There are nine different states. And so we're really excited about these 10 new schools that have just been opened across this country. And they're now serving families and kids who previously weren't happy with their alternatives. And now they're able to be in a much, much more uh, adaptive and flexible environment. So now we're running this cohort again. So we're running a second cohort with more educators with a vision to help many more people launch their own schools next fall. I love that. I think that's so cool. And I think that, you know, as teachers, sometimes you have an idea of like, oh, I wish I could do this, but don't really know the steps that you should take to get there. And so having this kind of validated process that you all have gone through to launch these micro schools seems like a great next step of really empowering teachers to take that. And I love that you're, you know, saying make it your own and personalize it for them as well. Yeah, we spoke to dozens of teachers as part of this research to start Catalyst. And that's exactly what they said. And it came down to three big C's they miss. One is the content. They're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know like how to create an enrollment handbook. I don't know how to apply for regulation. I don't know how to build a financial model, et cetera, et cetera. So content. The second is community. 
I want a group of other people to do this with because I don't know what I'm doing and I need to learn from others. And then the third was coaching, which is I need an expert to help guide me. I need someone to tell me what to look at next. You know, having built this company, I very much realized that your to-do list always gets longer and longer and longer, right? All entrepreneurs, your to-do list is never going to get shorter. It's only going to get longer. And the secret to success is knowing how to prioritize, knowing where to focus next. And so as part of our coaching for Catalyst founders, we sort of help you say, okay, it's December, six months ahead of your school launch. This is the most important thing you got to be doing right now. Then it's January, five months to go. This is the most important thing. So we really actively coach our founders to start working on their school models and giving them the confidence. Maybe that's the fourth C is confidence yes. <laughs> to say they can do it. Like they are absolutely capable. Teaching in a classroom is one of the hardest things you can do. And it's one of the most meaningful things you can do. But sometimes when you feel like you're not having impact, you deserve to build a place where you can have that impact. And we hope we can do that through Catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And I think that thinking about that transition to entrepreneurship, like there are many things in those statements that remind me of being a teacher, right? Like the never ending to-do list and being an entrepreneur now, being a teacher before, you know, same, right? The list goes on and on and there are always more things you can be doing. But I think thinking about teachers transitioning to entrepreneurship, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what makes teachers great entrepreneurs. Yeah. The number one thing about any entrepreneur is passion to solve a problem. Like really believing that I have identified a problem in my community that I really care a lot about. That's the first signal. The second signal is I have excitement around a solution on how to solve that problem. Now, importantly, you shouldn't be wedded to that solution. You shouldn't say this is the only way to solve that problem. You've got to be flexible. So one of our coaching notes in our Catalyst program is you know, we want you to have a vision going into the program of what your micro school is going to look like. But as we go through the cohort and the program, your vision is going to evolve and you're going to learn that some of the initial assumptions you held actually won't work. And that is OK. Don't be so sort of afraid of changing your vision that you're going to build the wrong thing. So the second thing we look for is someone who has a strong vision but is willing to be adaptable. I think the third thing is someone who understands that entrepreneurship and starting a new micro school requires trade-offs and you're not going to get everything you want, right? So as, an, as a real life example, there are some entrepreneurs in our cohort who say, I want a micro school that's incredibly affordable, that has a small student to teacher ratio, super high quality outcomes, and is in this beautiful facility. It's like, okay, how are you going to do that? Right? Like, you know, if you're only going to have say five kids per teacher and you only want to charge $5,000 a kid, let's say, and you want to rent this beautiful building that costs, you know, $2,000 a month, you know, when you do the math, it's not going to work. So what trade-offs are you willing to make? Are you willing to give up on price, on the number of kids, on the, the type of space you're renting, et cetera? So we help them really come to terms with those trade-offs and the strongest entrepreneurs appreciate the need for financial sustainability right? They, they appreciate that they've got to be able to pay themselves sustainably. They've got to be able to pay staff if they have them sustainably. And they've got to run an affordable, high quality model. And those things can be intention. And so one of our most important coaching notes in Catalyst is that trade-off and really coming to terms with it. And the entrepreneurs that do best are the ones who say, okay, I got it. I know which trade-offs I'm comfortable making. And that is still aligned with my vision. 
Yes, that's so valuable. And I think it's so interesting, too. It's like nobody's trade-offs are necessarily going to be the same, right? But it's also facing the reality of the situation and matching it with the dream and kind of being the path in between of like, how does it actually happen? Yeah. And I'm curious a little bit just about like how micro do these schools stay? Do they or how do they start? I guess are they usually one teacher, one group, or do teachers sometimes have multiple teachers within their micro schools? Yeah, it really depends. Um, in most of our cases, we recommend don't think too big in year one. It's the first time you're doing this. Entrepreneurship is a is a journey of ups and downs, and you don't want to feel like you've taken on too much risk. So we generally recommend target ten to twelve students, and you as the lead micro school mm-hmm. founder or you as the lead educator. And so most of them start that way. In some cases, I think about three or four of our first cohort, their wait list was just enormous. Like they had all these families who said, yes, I've been looking for such an option in my community. You, I know you from the school or I know you from being my child's tutor and I can't wait to send my kid to your school. So we had three, I think three founders who just had this enormous wait list as soon as they opened. So they decided to sort of almost double down and hire an educator or two to open multiple microschools and multiple learning pods. And so then they oversee sort of the overall enterprise. And in these, in all of these cases, these, these schools are thriving, kids are happy, families are happy, and the wait list continues to grow. And these entrepreneurs are now saying, okay, like now I can see how my impact is scaling to more kids and how myself, I'm earning a sustainable living doing this in this new way. So they're just super happy with this. Yes, that's awesome. And so thinking about teachers who maybe are considering doing something beyond the traditional classroom, you know, whether it's starting a micro school or exploring other avenues in education, what advice would you give them? Yeah. I mean, the first is it's not right for everyone, right? You know, entrepreneurship is a, uh, it's never been easier to be an entrepreneur, but it is still an incredibly difficult path that is full of rewards, but also full of risks. So you got to ask yourself your own tolerance for that. That's the first piece of advice is like, are you serious about this journey, which is going to be probably even harder than when you were a teacher, because now you're also a business owner. I think second advice for it would be ask yourself why you're doing this. Like, what is in it for you? Sometimes it's I have two kids who I want to be educating in my own micro school. Right. So I'm doing this for my kids in my community. In other cases, it's teachers who are saying I'm fed up with my classroom or I'm really tired of that. And I still want to stay in front of kids. And this feels like the right next step for me. So ask yourself seriously why you're doing this. And then I guess third is if you want support in this and you say, I want to do this with a community of people, with coaches who are experts in in launching these schools, then consider joining Catalyst. We'd love to have you. Yes. Awesome. That's great. And I think that community piece, I mean, from my experience leaving the classroom and trying all sorts of things is really key. You know, I think that having that support of people who've done things that you want to do and people who are building things alongside you really can propel you forward and give you that accountability and make it okay when you have both the ups and downs to just keep going forward. Exactly. And teachers are used to having community, right? There's professional learning communities in schools. You have other teachers of your grade level or your subject that you are collaborating with and planning with. And when you go to start a micro school, you can sometimes feel like you lost that. You just kind of feel like you're on your own most days. So we spend an incredible amount of time and effort in Catalyst ensuring that you feel connected to other people who are on that same journey. Some of them might be in the same city as you, but even if they're not, you're connected virtually and sort of feel part of each other's story. And that can increase the likelihood that 
your micro school succeeds and you find satisfaction in this path. Absolutely. So for people who are interested in maybe learning more about Catalyst or about KaiPod, can you tell them where they can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you're welcome to just Google KaiPod Catalyst or just go to our website, kaipodlearning.com. And there's a link on top, which is uh, basically if you're an educator, click here. And so there you can learn about the program. We're accepting applications now and the applications end at the end of October for our next cohort. So if you if you would like to start a school next fall, this cohort might be the perfect opportunity to do so. The way it runs is it's in the evenings, part-time. So you kind of do one call a week with your cohort. And the rest of the time, you're sort of working asynchronously to work towards launching your school. And so it's meant to fit right alongside your current role as a teacher or a school administrator or whatever you might be doing today and sort of prepare you to full-time run your own school next fall. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We'll put all the links in the show notes as well. And it was really great to hear about what you're building and providing for teachers as well. Thank you so much for having me, Lily. Ready to find rewarding, impactful work in the education world? Take our free quiz to discover your next right career step. Will you be a curriculum developer, an education consultant, instructional coach? The list of possibilities goes on and on. Take the quiz to find out the best fit for you at educatorforever.com slash quiz. You'll also receive customized resources to kickstart your dream career and life.